Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mama podcast. I've got the cold that is going around at the moment, so you have to forgive me for sounding extremely bunged up. How are you? I hope you're good. Um, This week's episode is brought to you as always by the lovely Golding Accountancy. We are golding.com for all your accountancy needs. Hi. As I'm recording this, the sun is shining outside and it's a really beautiful day and it's making me feel very happy. I was joined this week by the amazing Rebecca Marsh, aka Tiny Miss Becca and Essex Girl, which I only recently discovered because on Instagram she's the letter S number six girl. And I was like, Essex Girl? I just never got it. And then it wasn't until quite recently that I was like, Essex Girl? And I'm from Essex? I'm an Essex Girl. Anyway, whatever. Um, so she came on to talk to me all about being a female tattooist and how she got to doing the amazing pieces that she does now. She tattoos me, that's how I know her. But the tattoos that she's given me have changed the way I feel about my body, which is quite amazing because I wasn't expecting them to. Um, and she, But she has that with a lot of her clients, so I wanted to get her on so we could talk all about that. And also she's, um, she's written a book, well, draw, drew a book. <laughs> she's got a tattoo book full of um, some amazing illustrations so I want to promote that as well because it's beautiful but if uh, if this is your first time listening to my podcast because you've been brought here by the lovely Becca then I've had loads of amazing guests on you might be aware of Nina Kate who's a very tattooed model who's beautiful she came on um, to talk about all her life and the wonderful latex clothes that she makes with Jane Doe latex um, funnily because that's what Becca's Becca had Jane Doe a tattoo shop called Jane Doe so I don't know if they know each other I think I've asked them both I think they've met once anyway that's not very interesting is it but um, yeah I've had amazing guests on my best friend Nicole um, did a couple of podcasts with me about her overcoming her cocaine addiction that she suffered with for 10 years I've had my mate talking about dating disasters, I've had the amazing Ruth Talbot on who campaigns for single parents rights, I've had Marcus Bronzy and Funk Butcher on talking about their um, award winning podcast episode on Black Lives Matters, I've had loads of different kinds of people on, it's not just a parenting podcast, but I am a single parent and that's why I started it, 
Also this week, I do um, a YouTube series called The Epic Mum Chat with a life coach, coach called Nikki Rettigan, who's amazing, the epic life coach. And we chat about dealing with being a single parent and having to navigate your relationship with your ex-partner. And this week's episode is how you kind of deal with the guilt of not being in the family situation that you thought you'd be in anymore and how you kind of get over that um which is good it's funny we do have a laugh even though we talk about serious things we do have a laugh but yeah so that's really good so if you just type epic mum chat into youtube then hopefully we'll come up if not that we're on instagram the epic mum chat and there's a link to our page in there anyway i will let you listen to becky becca <laughs> i'm really not well and i'll see you in a bit when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So how will people know it's you? Because I see it on my Instagram. <laughs> Probably well confused. <laughs> Essex girl, tiny Miss Becca, Becca Marsh. Who are you? Huh? <laughs> Maybe it's because I wanted to be more grown up. Finally. Mm-hmm. Maybe all it, well, the, the little names like Tiny Miss, I guess it's because mm-hmm. I never really took anything too seriously. Or thought. I don't know, is that serious? I don't know. But is that because you didn't feel like you wanted to be taken seriously? Mm. Was it like a defence thing? Oh, it was. It was hard to be taken seriously back then. And I did have a lot of. When I first started, not that it really affects me, so I don't talk about it because I hate when you bring stuff up because people think that's what. But I did have a lot of people tell me to quit. Seriously? Mm, Mel Towers. Seriously? Why? I think, I mean, I definitely was doing probably work that was beyond my capabilities. In what definitely. sense? Doing necks, doing hands, doing big pieces. And I don't yeah. know if I was technically capable of that yet. But I got told that, I think, I think the problem, being female and being approachable, 
I was always busy and I was doing big custom work from quite an early on in my career. I don't think a lot of male tattooers liked it. Really? Yeah. But were there any women working? Were, were you the uh, always the only woman in whatever shop you were in, or were there any other women? Uh, where I did my apprenticeship, I was the only female. Then I went to work for some Hells Angels. I was the only female. But then I went specifically to a shop in Birmingham that was run, owned by a really successful, probably one of the, at the time, best known females in England. Okay. And there, there was me, Joe, and Dawn. So there were, th yeah, three girls tattooing. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry, I'm just checking that's recording, but it is recording. So today... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've just seen you little poking out your trousers. Oh, yeah. I'll show you. I've seen it. My, yeah. My old tattoo on my stomach. How good is that? I know it's got these little tattoos. It looks amazing. Yeah. I'm just dreading you colouring in that, that the bit of the I, I ordered some um, Amatop today, so I couldn't put it in the fridge. So What's can, that? It's the numbing cream, but I'll just... I don't... I only use it... And some people where I can just where I know it's going to suck for a bit, so yeah. I can put it on. But that's really bright. It's beautiful. It's absolutely I beautiful. I love it. Mm. Um, so today I'm joined by the lovely Becca, yep. aka Tiny Miss Becca, <laughs> yep. aka Essex Girl. I do have a confession to make. When I found you on Instagram, obviously I followed you on Instagram. It took a very long time for me to realise that Essex Girl <laughs> was Essex Girl. No one. No one gets it until they say it out loud. Yeah. The amount of times I'm at a convention yeah. and someone's like, S6. Yeah. S6. Even friends in Canada, it took, I reckon, two years before she sent yeah. me a text one day to be like, oh, you must think I'm stupid. I just never, yeah. it just never dawned on me. I'm like, how the fuck did yeah, it you know, never it's dawn an S on the me? Six. You don't, yeah. until you say it out loud. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Instagram wasn't a thing, was it? It was just a... Yeah, I suppose. Because like, if we look back on to like MySpace days, no one used yeah. proper names. It was all like. What were you on MySpace? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. What did you put on MySpace? Tattooing or? I start. That's how I got a lot of clients. But but oh, like, really? I didn't. Um, originally, no. It was just like obviously like everyone else, music and pictures of yourself, some yeah. weird emo kid. <laughs> But I, I'm not gonna say what it was. But it was uh, my name was a line from a Sylvia Plath poem. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh yes. Yeah. So let's go right back then. So you were started. You were an art student, weren't you? Was it sculpture? Yeah, the sculpture. You did? I was at Chelsea doing sculpture. So did you always? When did you start with sculpture? Because that's quite a A level. I did do a lot of mixed media and it's, and. Looking back, a lot was was kind of sculptural based. Okay. It was never. I've never done traditional casting. Actually, never done anything like that. Like, just I just don't. I guess I didn't know the techniques, and it, it seemed quite labour intensive and laborious to even get like casting right. So I didn't. It was just big installations. What like? I would say the easiest way to describe it with three D landscapes. Okay. So my. Br now I'm older, I can actually articulate what I used to do. But went back in the day, like, I was so shy. I was like, I don't know. But yeah. It'd be a lot of building. It'd be basically kind of an anti-art way in which if you... Most people go to a gallery and just stand still and look at something. 
So I would have a space and I'd build something so you navigated your way around a space. Okay. So let's just say there was a bunch of building materials and you've got MDF and you've got chipboard. Then I would use like an extension lead, but an orange one, and that would trail through a space. So you, I would be caught by the orange and you would walk yeah. in and around, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Or like I'd use pink plasterboard a lot, sandwiched between boring material, like your standard building material. Yeah. So you'd just have a little bit of flash of colour and you would walk around. I used to do a lot of like assemblage stuff, so you'd have, I don't know, like a glue gun and and then like there'd be a shoe and then there'd be some wood. But if you put things like shoes or everyday objects, then people want to put a narrative of like, where did that shoe, who did it belong yes. to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was a bit like, it's got nothing to do with the shoe. Yeah. Or the person that wore it. I just want you to like be intrigued by a space. Yeah. But... So how did you, were you always creative? I think I was always artistic, but I was also really quite good at sc- school in general. Yeah. I was the I was the sporty, arty, clever kid, so they didn't yeah. really know. I guess I didn't get bullied or anything like that. I did it when we were younger, but like at school, I just got on with Where everyone. Where did you go to school? Uh, Ch- uh, Chafford in Raynham, Essex. Oh, okay. Yeah, I used to <laughs> hire implants for parents day and then send them out, so the school looked good. Odd. You what? Yeah, the headmistress was awful, but she'd every like parents day she'd hire in all these plants so the school looked great, and then they'd go again the next day. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. That's such a weird thing. <laughs> Why don't you just have plants aren't expensive? I know. I don't. I don't know. I remember it was like all sh- for show, and it wasn't really under the yeah. surface. It was like not an awful school, really. Huh. But, but so you did art. So the Chelsea College of Oh. What was it, Art and Fashion? It was Chelsea College of Art. It was part of the London Institute. So you had St Martin's, yes. London College of Fashion, uh, the printmaking one, and yeah, Chelsea. That's pretty fancy mm-hmm. pants, isn't it? Yeah, it was 28 people that got on that course a year. and then I Wow! Think, what, in the whole country? Well, it's including the world. So it was 20... and add, uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, sculpture took on 28, and I think t- about 12 were foreign applications, which... Which then I found out when I sat in on interviews in my final year that all the foreign students, they didn't even send a portfolio. They basically just got in because of the amount of money they paid. Seriously? Some were, like, obviously, some were great. Actually, most of them were great, but I was like, what? Like, so they're just going to give you... Back then, it was obviously, I guess, cheap looking at what universities yeah, cost now. Yeah, yeah. But they're going to give you 10 grand a term and you're... They might not be able to wow. do anything. Yeah, it was. It was um, but then I suppose they must have to want to do that and want to spend the money on it. They must have some kind of. Yeah, but some, I think like yeah. anything. Some people want to do a degree that they just think will be fun, and they yeah. want to be in London. Yeah, yeah. And hang out in London. So what did you commute or did you live there? I commuted. I couldn't afford it. It was. Did they not have subsidised student accommodation in Chelsea? I don't think so. <laughs> I <laughs> never feed it anyway. I think there was two of us that weren't privately educated I well yeah, I was going to say did you were all of your they were all yeah. peers I remember to, to do a foundation year to even get into Chelsea which I did at Camberwell I had to ask my council to pay for my travel because it's because it was yeah. a foundation it's there's no money so I was like well I've got onto this course but unless you give me 1400 pound yeah and travel I can't go yeah. It cost travel into because I <laughs> I lived in Basildon and I think yeah. it worked out. It cost me fifteen pound a week more to rent a place 
in East London than it did to get the train because it was so train travel is it's so expensive, isn't it? Yep. And I suppose art is one of those subjects. All creative subjects are. It's like internships and education. Yeah, yeah. If if you you need parents that can support you and basically pay you because they don't pay. Yeah, so it's quite. But that's good that they did pay. Yeah, they paid that, and then I just did part time jobs while I was at doing my degree all the time. So how was the degree? Mm. Oh, I I did enjoy it, but I think. Because I commuted every day. That I must didn't... have taken a couple of hours, must yeah, it? Yeah, it's like it could take two hours each yeah. way. And I just, I didn't have a full unit, like if people were going out drinking or for food, I'd always be really aware that I need to get home. Yeah. And it, so I didn't really join in and I was I was really shy. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And it, But at the end I just thought, God, what a waste, is this a waste of time? It's so subjective. And then someone yeah. who's met, who's never met you judges your work. It was odd. It, it, left, yeah. it did leave a really bad taste in my mouth. Um, and I remember sculpture um, originally got too many firsts compared to, obviously, painting. So they took away marks off a of sculpture because we were too strong, the department, to even it out in the unit. And that's when I'm like, pardon, what? 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 Yeah, yeah they just take away marks. Okay. So... so- when did the tattooing start? Second f- second or first year of my degree, I think I did have a bit of a realisation that I am not middle class enough to make... Like, like yeah. being realistic. I do installations. How's that a thing? Like, you can't go in... I'm not going to make money from that. <laughs> and then my sister... What, would, what do you do with that? I don't know. I don't know if you'd go into, I don't know, window display or... I don't... Or you'd go and do a master's and then you'd go do... Yeah. The, like, you can't... But it's not like a painting where you can sell it and you can hang it on someone's wall. It was all site-specific. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't even a sculpture you could have. Something. It was all like... A lot of it was just propped up. Like it was really just assemblage. It was standing yeah. up by the skin of its teeth. So you couldn't move that anywhere else. So my sister... I was very aware that this wasn't going to make me money. Um, even though, obviously, I wanted to be creative. And I didn't really know what to do. My sister had got really shit tattooed when she'd been in university in Leicester <laughs> and had it fixed down the road at um, Gants Hill. Yeah. And then I just was a bit naive and was like, oh, I could probably do that. And I went and so asked So did them. you have any tattoos yourself? No. no. I didn't have any for the first two and a half years. Really? I, I was tattooed with people with no tattoos. Wow. <laughs> I didn't want to do They were... Because... <laughs> You'd look on the wall and you'd have to pick. And I was like, I don't want yeah. any of that stuff. Yeah. Or like my twin had had this awful tribal sun or like some stars. And I was like, no. Yeah. So, But I was, it, to me, it was like, oh, it's a creative job where you can make some money. Not like yeah. loads of money, but why not? So I just did an apprenticeship. Um, so didn't you practice on yourself? Because isn't that... My boss wouldn't let me. Oh, really? Yeah, which I'm really glad about. I, I must admit, I did once when he was away put a stencil on and tattooed myself with water. But because I was concentrating so much, I must have gone in quite deep. So for about the next six months, every time I had a bath or a shower, there'd just be this red <laughs> outline <laughs> on my leg. But it wouldn't let me. I practised on pigskin and then literally people. Wow. But so yeah, so what? So your sister had got a tattoo fixed in that shop she, then? She'd gone to Gantz Hill and got that fixed. 
And I think a couple of other people I knew were getting tattooed there, and they must have dropped my name because yeah. I was doing art and I looked a bit weird. And uh, they had messaged me said, "Oh, we don't have any positions." And then about six weeks later, they said, "Oh, we we do." Yeah. And I was like, "Well, I'm at uni and I've got a part-time job, so can I do two days a week?" And they were like, "Okay." Was it? So what was that? Apprentice. Yeah. So what did you have to do? <laughs> Everything I was told. Like, there was no picking and choosing. It was like that's booked in for you. You're doing it. Yeah. And luckily, I was not. Oh, what tattooing? You I, mean? Um, I. I did pigskin really quickly. Oh, really? And then also was like a receptionist. Yeah. And helping doing some drawing. But to be honest, I was thrown in way too early. So what was the first thing you tattooed on someone? Do you know, I can't really remember. But I, it would have... I tattooed a couple of his clients. I remember this guy called Paul. We was heavily tattooed, worked on the railways. And I remember doing like a little tiny skull with like an eyeball in it. And I tattooed some weird, what looked like toilet signs on my sister's ankles. <laughs> but it, it didn't even watch me once. Really? No. Just basic. I know I f- did, like, mum in script on someone and it just looked like, mm. <laughs> and he fixed it. <laughs> but, I mean, just let me carry on. Wow. But back then, at least, you picked something... Someone picked something off a wall. Yeah. And you just copied it. It wasn't like you have to go home and draw it and spend hours. Yeah. And it was all quite... Tattering was, like, small, wasn't it? It wasn't... Yeah. It's very rare someone would be like, I want a back piece or yeah. a sleeve. Yeah. So thank God. So did you stencil off the... Because obviously you picked the design. Were the, there stencils the, off? Yeah, the flash would always be... It was always just, like, the full colour image. And sometimes they would provide the line work behind like you'd have the sheets in the back of the line work with the flash because obviously that's what shops would spend loads of money on was buying in the flash yeah um but sometimes it would just i'd just take it out and just like hand draw over the top yeah so when did tattoo shops start getting artists in that would draw (laughs) because that was how it was back in the day wasn't it it was just standard there were a couple of shops like into you in farringdon alex had definitely traveled the world and I think it's seen that there were possibilities to make large the tattoo room could change. Yeah. And think a lot more about composition. That's the thing, because it's hard, because a lot tattooing even way before, like back, you weren't, didn't have to be artistic. It was just yeah. marking someone. Yeah. So why would anyone, and they were like stickers. It's weird the transition now where you're like, oh my god, you actually can work out how the body works with an image and it moves with it. Yeah. It, that wasn't what tattooing was. Yeah. And it was like, like something like people would get a date or a name because it meant a lot to them. The, the thought of, I want a bird on me or a flower just because I like the way it looks, it, well, that wasn't really yeah. tattooing, was it? Because people still yeah. were like, what does it mean? And you're like, yeah. it doesn't have a meaning. <laughs> Nothing. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know really when it changed. Like it's even hard for me to think. Yeah. People just would be like, oh, can you... I guess because, like, new schools started to come in. So things would be a little bit more dynamic with the colours and you get, like, lanterns and then there were phases of, like, rockabilly-style tattoos and sugar skulls and then... Yeah. You just... I guess it started with, like, I like that bit from that one and that bit from that one and you just draw it together. Yeah. I mean, even down to tribal, I did so much tribal. Yeah. 
but well, I actually was so big I in couldn't the 90s. do solid black. I really struggled. Oh really? So for a lot of girls, I I would be like go home and copy it, but do it dot work in like black to pink or black to red or something or blue because I could do that. Yeah. Technically, I could. When it's solid black, I'd be like, well, I can't do it. Why? Because it's really technically difficult to keep to make it. People think it's easy. Solid a seamless solid black is really difficult. Why? Because your skin changes. It's just, it's it's just really hard to keep it consistent. Yeah. What? Just like a line. On a big or just like a big. If you've got a whole arm of black tribal, the arms texture and everything changes. Yeah. You bleed more in certain places. I guess you have the application has to be spot on. Back yeah. then, I didn't really know what I was doing. But if I was dotting something in, yeah, easy. Yeah. So I, I got away with a lot of things. If I couldn't, it, I think it's probably if I knew I couldn't do something, I had a way of talking someone into something else that I knew I could do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably when I stopped being so shy. Yeah. Because I oh, had yeah. to. Was how the hell did you tattoo people if you were shy? <laughs> I think I used to just put on a bit of a different person. Yeah. Because you want so I've always wanted someone to be comfortable in my company, especially when I didn't have any tattoos, because they would often sit down and be like. You're <laughs> doing it, and I'd be like, "Yeah, it's me. Sorry." And I don't know. And then I guess traveling every day into London, going to Chelsea. My first boyfriend was really good at like pushing me yeah. to be a bit more outgoing. So you didn't. So when did you get your first first tattoo then? Which is my? Oh, the first proper boyfriend tattooed my. No, he didn't. Um, he so the boyfriend. That my real proper first proper boyfriend uh, was a guy called Wes, and he'd moved from Grimsby to London. And back then, because he was in a thrash metal band, he we all used to, all of us used to go to these club nights in London. There was one at the Wag on a Thursday, Wednesday night, and one at the Borderline on a third. God, my mum just used to let me go to everything on a Thursday <laughs> night. But there was a girl called Zoe that he'd made really good friends with, who was a barmaid at one of the clubs. But she was doing an apprenticeship in Farringdon at Interview. And because it was his best mate, I think I, he just ended up booking me in with her. Yeah. Biked a lot. I, she didn't even not. She didn't have not any idea that it was my first tattoo. And because I was tattooing, I didn't want to be like. Yeah. Your first one. <laughs> <laughs> so I just. What did you have? Uh, skull flower on my foot. Oh, my first tattoo <laughs> was on my foot. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the worst place? <laughs> I had nothing to compare it to, so I think I thought it was all right. Like, oh, really? it was, I remember it being hot, but. Yeah. I was like, oh. That was it. Started from the and, feet up. And how long did it take until you were completely covered? <laughs> well, I was nineteen years. Nineteen. Oh, okay. But it's not that. But I used to do it in big chunks, like yeah, full sleeve, and then wait a little while, do the other sleeve, and yeah, and then yeah, more recently laser, so I can get other things done. But <laughs> yeah, twenty years. Oh, nearly. That's yeah. So how long were you in Gants Hill for? I think over a year, year and a half, two years, and he always did have a problem with people leaving, but he did treat you like absolute shit. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, I didn't have a very, I didn't have a very good time. But I, I don't like upsetting people, so I think it took me a while to leave. Yeah. And then there's a few personal things and some definitely um, non PC behaviour. Yeah. Um, Slight edges of racism and stuff like that, which I, I, I was just like, I can't be here. Yeah, yeah. 
So that was, but you were the only girl there. Yeah. And then where did you go to from there? From there I went, um, me, because I finished my degree. Basically, I think I finished there when I finished my degree. And then the boyfriend at the time, we were in the same position. Like He was doing a normal career job, but tattering weekends and things like that in London. Yeah. We decided, we both got jobs in Kent. So we moved to Rochester. He worked okay. for one Hells Angel and I worked <laughs> for another Hells Angel down the road and that was it really and that's where I got thrown in at the deep end and pretended like I knew what I was doing and I had no idea really mm. so what <laughs> no idea <laughs> was it still the same setup there where it was just off the yeah but it was I was in a little shop in Gravesend where I'd have to be there 10 to 8 at night regardless of when anyone came in so a lot of times it was this dead shop yeah just sit there all day all day and I made friends with some locals who end up tattering a lot. One of them is actually still my best friend. Yeah. But just doing little walk-ins or... Yeah. Doing what I was told again. But were people just picking off the cards rather than saying... Yeah, I think... I, I, I definitely know my space had started to happen. And I did start getting my first custom work through that. Yeah. Um, no, it wasn't my space. It was... Um, a website called BME, Body Modification E-Zine, right. and that was where, long story short, you were su- <laughs> visual overload of the most extreme stuff you can do to yourself modification-wise, and we all had little profiles on that, so you'd share yeah. like pictures of drawings or some of the first tattoos I did, and for, it was a real good community in this country, Yeah, and just because I was on there, people would come and get tattoos. So I did a lot of toe tattoos, I remember. Oh, really? Lots of toes, lots of little weird skulls. So what was your style then when you started? <laughs> just really naive. Because <laughs> I didn't have, really have a draw. I was like creative, but I didn't have a drawing background. Yeah. So it was kind of cartoony, but oh, not. Yeah, I suppose. So could... You could I'd never really draw... I'd... You've never really drawn? No. But that's... But you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it takes hours, it took hours and hours and many sleepless nights to... Wow, but all those, I mean, in your studio, you've got all your drawings. Yeah. And they're amazing. Yeah, but it's just hours. Wow. Mm. It was really naive. But I think the, the only good thing of, of not being, say if I'd been really good at drawing, if I hadn't been able to tattoo it, or it wouldn't have been successful with the application, I'd yeah. have been even more pissed off. So yeah. th- this way, it was like... As I got technically better at tattooing, my drawing also improved. Yeah. So it was... Yeah, I suppose, because it's not... I mean, it's not... You can't get an exact replica of an artwork on you, can you? Like, it's not... That's not possible because skin's different to paper, but... Yeah. So I suppose that would be really frustrating if you did have... A lot of of kids that were painters that got into tattooing were just upset all the time because they couldn't do it on skin. Yeah. And no one had really told them skin's different anyway either. Like, you can't do, I don't know. How do you get your head around the different types of skin? Because my friend, who is an artist, he did these paintings, that oh. these ones here and that one, um, which is annoying because obviously you can't see what I'm pointing at, but okay. I'll post pictures to him. Um, he's, he's covered in tattoos, and he wanted to start, but he was explaining to me how it's skin is so different like everyone's skin can be so different and it's really hard to try and gauge and I was like oh my god I've never thought about that before like it must be it's, really hard it's odd now some, I don't think twice about it anymore I can't yeah, I, yeah. I, I also can't think about what like 
the actual application of you are depositing this pigment into this layer of because it would make you go crazy because yes. it shouldn't work. Yeah. It shouldn't work. How, how does it work? <laughs> yeah, how does it work? <laughs> so you basically have the different layers of epidermis and it has to sit in the right layer for it to stay. But how do you know what that is with just by feeling? It just is doing it you so just much. Not, yeah, obviously you don't want to go too deep because... So you get that's when you get blowouts and the shadowing. Yeah. But also, because I try not to think about it too much. Yeah. There's no way, really, you can go deep because the skin has a resistance anyway. Like, right. You can obviously choose when you set a machine up the depth of the needle, so yeah. you wouldn't want it to go in a centimeter into the skin. But realistically, if it was trying to go in, you'd get so much pushback off the skin, and you're not going to be able to do a nice lot. You wouldn't be able to do anything yeah. nice. Yeah. But I try. Don't really think about it. But how long did it take you to learn how to do that? You're always learning. You're always, really? Still, there's, still, there's still some days where you just think, why didn't that work like it did yesterday? Or there's yeah. some days you struggle. Like, because also skin, like different people hold on to different amounts of water in their body. Some people will bleed more, which means they dilute the ink more. Yeah. Some people's skin is quite grainy and you can see a tattoo six months down the line and it looks ten years old because the way the skin yeah. just changes it. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Because there's so much it, people don't appreciate, actually, how difficult. And people have reactions, like, not yeah. having a lot. Like, we can all scab up, we can all get our clothes on it, and it just, like, you yeah. know, you can lose a bit of colour here and there. Um, yeah, like, a lot of the, the inner arm skin's different, so you will get the lines spread more, especially there, especially the armpits a lot at the moment, they spread a bit more. Yeah. But then trying to explain it to clients as well, who think that skin's like paper, and you're like... yeah. No, it's only, or like I say, I'm telling someone they're on their phone or they talk to me, they generally are moving their yeah. body, yeah, and they move the rest of their body, so yeah. you just, just don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to realise they'll never be perfect. Yes, yeah. It's skin. Yeah. Well, they couldn't. It couldn't be. It would look weird if it was no. perfect anyway, wouldn't yeah. it? Because it's not. You can't. Yeah. I have to really try not to think about it too much. <laughs> yeah. but... Don't think about it. <laughs> Um, so how long were you in Hell's Angels shop for? How long were we with there? Must have been a couple of years. And again, you were the only girl in that shop. Yeah, there. I think. I'm trying to think if there were other girl tattoo because he, my boss, owned three shops, and his friend that my boyfriend went for owned four shops. They like, like a, the Hell's Angels used to like monopolise. Yeah. Cities. Um. It's weird because I never thought about being a female in it back then, yeah. really. It was just. Yeah. I know there were female receptionists, but I can't. I can't remember any other girls. So, where did you go from there? Is that when you went up to Birmingham? Yeah, well, I went to open a shop with someone, and he ended up being a bit mental. <laughs> and then I saw this job advertised in Birmingham for a really well-known shop called Modern Body Art and back at back then Joe Harrison was like the female in England yeah. so I just went for it and I got it and now I was like shit I'm moving to Birmingham <laughs> and I moved to Birmingham and how was that awful worst year of my life oh no really why <laughs> it's the worst year of my life oh why uh, tattoo factory like, oh really you Obviously, my skill set, they saw a portfolio of mine. Yeah. 
But when you're there, the reality is you have seven, eight tattoos, six, five, four, whatever a day. You have no real control over what you're doing. You have, back then, I remember the receptionist decided how long it would take you. What? So you'd have, say, nautical stars on an elbow, and then afterwards you'd have some tribal, and after that you'd have some Celtic, and it was the hardest year. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was really difficult. Like, yeah. I get that back in the day everyone was an all-rounder, but you want to do... When you're aware that you want to do a good job, knowing you've got to do a Celtic armband, when you also know nothing about the origins of actual Celtic artwork. Yeah, and yeah. And so you're, oh, make, you're also making mistakes on that, because it's like Japanese. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're not Japanese. We don't know the ins and outs. How can you know all of that? And yet you've got to do this koi fish with, and it turns out you might do it with the wrong flowers because that's not seasonal for that. And you're like... Yeah, 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 you, yeah. you're doing it. Yeah. So it was hard, really hard. But luckily I was getting tattooed in Germany and Copenhagen by some really good tattooers and I think that showed me a way at, like, out or at least yeah. I was like not bogged down by the fact that it was just a horrible tattoo experience. Like, yeah. Just too much. I mean, it's too much for everyone that worked there, but no one would talk up. Well, I suppose if that's... It's really hard, isn't it? When an environment is a certain way, you just kind of accept what's going on and it, it does take someone to be like, no, this isn't all right. You're also really aware of like, who you're working for, you've looked up to. Yes, yeah. And you don't want to be like, guys, are you sure this is the right way? Yeah, yeah. It was sad, it was sad to be honest. I feel like they had a lot of people that were quite creative that ended up being quite downtrodden yeah don't, i don't think they really cared about us individually either i think we were definitely like money makers but it's such a because getting a tattoo is a massive thing like yeah. it's something that's going to be on you well forever really unless you get it removed you want the person to be doing that to be happy and have enough time <laughs> and you know have enough energy like the thought of going to see someone who when you're the fourth tattoo of that day that's completely different to the other like i wouldn't want to be tattooed by that person that's it's like it's not good for anyone apart from the person that's making the money yeah it is a really i think it taught me a lot of how i would never want a shop to be yeah and there were things like they didn't have a stencil machine so you know how i run a design through the machine yeah well there everything was done by hand so you draw onto a you'd have your design you draw physically onto the carbon paper and make the carbon copy and stick that on but if someone changed their mind on the direction like or they want it mirrored yeah. you'd have to start from the beginning so your days running even something simple or changing the size you're like yeah I, i'm pretty sure when i started there as well like even if say a bit of script we didn't print it off a computer. It was all hand. You'd trace. They'd pick the font they wanted from the book. You'd hand trace it, and then you might change the... I remember it being the most... I think it was a photocopy, but nothing on the computer, so it was the most backwards way ever. That'd just take ages. Yeah, everything took ages. Oh, God. <laughs> so you left there, thankfully. Left there. Um, luckily, my... The first boyfriend that really made me who I am, like, stick with tattooing, he, he was still in London, and he and his friends owned a shop on Holloway Road. So I used to come, when I'd come back and see my mum and stuff in Essex, and because of this original BME thing, I had a lot of clients, so I would come back once a month, once every two months from Birmingham, just to do a little guest spot. Yeah. 
So luckily, obviously, I got on really well with everyone there. So it was a no-brainer. Like, yeah. I used the, not an excuse, my nan died while I was in Birmingham. And that's when I was like, I'm done. Yeah. So I knew I had somewhere to come back to. So then I just worked on Holloway Road for about three or four years. And it was brilliant. It was so good. And is that where you kind of got your... Got really, yeah. We were, we were kind of a new shop. And we were kind of misfits, all of us, in a weird way. And we were, like, there was a lot of famous London shops, but we ended up getting a bit of a reputation, just yeah. doing nice. They all did kind of new school work, but yeah. we kind of got known. And then I just, I think I was doing custom work nearly every day. Wow. Yeah. I think, again, like, if you, even though I didn't originally know what I was doing technically or would struggle, yeah. because I was nice to clients, yeah. they always came back. There's people I still who I used to tell you about my bedroom and still get tattooed by me. Yeah. And it's not because those tattoos were great, they were awful. <laughs> but they had a nice time. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't hurt <laughs> It's your magic. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you start... Because your style now, for people that don't know you, you do very large... Illustrative, like animals. Yeah. Kind of, bit of like arts and craft movement, bit of yeah. like kind of architectural, ornate work in there as well so when did you start on that probably it's definitely progressed but when i was getting tattooed by lars in berlin yeah subconsciously he definitely taught me about composition and that's when i realized tattoos could fit your body it wouldn't just be a sticker yeah i think it must have been through him and some little hints where it's like when you first start well, like anything you start tattooing you look at other tattoos on people and the flash but he was the first person that said if you're going to draw a bird why don't you like say a swallow yeah don't look at a tattooed swallow go and actually look at a, what a swallow looks it sounds so yeah. basic yeah, now yeah yeah go and look at swallow becker yeah and i was like what if you're going to draw a lady face why are you looking at these traditional ladies where the hair is like thick balls of wool. I remember him yeah. saying that. Why wouldn't you just look at, like even in a hair magazine, go and look at a yeah. nice posed face and reduce yeah. that down to the line work. Yeah. And it seems so clear looking back, but it wasn't. It like yeah. blew my mind. So what did you start drawing From then? I started, that's when I started, I was already drawing, but that's when I started referencing, right? Yeah. Well, not referencing, referencing realistic things and then the way your hand moves means you will make it look like your own so it yeah. doesn't matter if we both trace the same face I might thick it up an eyebrow as I'm doing it and you might not I might put in a bit of eyeliner you might curve the mouth a little bit more yeah just through repetition and and actually looking at the uh, autonomy of what you anatomy sorry of what you are actually intending your sub looking at the anatomy of your subject yeah. matter like it's like, even like a pocket watch. Look at an actual pocket watch. Does it open? Does it close? Are the shadows right? Yeah. Can you get different bit like can you get different types of chain? Like there's so many things you can look at. Yeah. Rather than looking at someone else's tattoo of a pocket watch and yeah. copying it. Yeah, well that it just makes complete sense. <laughs> but then again, if you go back to the beginning of what tattoos were, which was you pick that off the wall and you trace yeah. it. Yeah. You pick something that exists and you copy it. So everything got diluted that way because you'd start. Yeah. Whereas this, it was like you were trying to re-inject uh, details into things, I think. Yeah. And personality. It's, yeah, it's a tough one. So 
when did you open the shop? Ooh, I it would have been two years I haven't had it and I had it for 10 years so wow 12 years ago because did it get to the point where you had so much of your own work you were like I want to start my own I I had even though I love Blood Brothers because of the personal relationship and history that me and my ex had there it kind of meant I couldn't stay there yeah um which was really sad um, and then I'd f was had a trip to Australia planned, just like a trip. I didn't really know what I was going to do. I'd, yeah. I'd guested a lot in England. So Sheffield was an option, Manchester was an option. Um, could I go on the road for a bit? Uh, but then just before I'd left to go to Australia, I honestly had dinner at ZZ's opposite what was then Jane Doe. <laughs> and now I was like, if that shop is available when I get back... Fuck it. Because Hornchurch, I knew, was on a, it was on the underground. Yeah. Had good parking. Yeah. Good transport links. I'd lived in Raynham. I'd lived in Romford. I was like, yeah. why wouldn't it work? Yeah. And my clients travelled anyway. Yeah. So I got back. It was empty and contacted the landlord and that was it. <gasps> I think I would have been, tw been 27. 27? Oh, my God, really? Yeah, 27. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. Wow. So did you have people that you knew that you'd want to put in there with you or was you just thinking you'd do it on your own for a <laughs> I bit? I had met a boyfriend just before I'd gone to Australia who was a tattooer and he did actually, me and him started in it. Yeah. And then because of him, there was a guy called Simon who messaged me very early on and it was the three of us for a long time. Yeah. And it just grew and grew. And And how, yeah. did you get, how have you got your work? Internet. 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 And word of mouth, I Word of mouth and clients just come back consistently. Yeah. And I suppose if you're doing, like, now, you do big pieces, don't you? So it's yeah. always going to be kind of like... There's not many women of... that do big pieces. I think I've just got known. Oh, really? I think it is... Oh, yeah. You get, I guess you get known for doing a certain... Because a lot of people go, you don't do small toes. I'm like, well, I do. You just... I don't get asked for them. But mm -hmm. I think once I did a couple of backs, I got lucky. And, like, people just wanted huge work. So... So it takes all, you can only do one a day, can't you, when yeah. you're doing big work? Yeah. And then they're going to come back. Six to 12 sessions. Yeah. So and then through after those six to 12 sessions, you're thinking about the next thing. They, yeah, generally. <laughs> or they disappear for a few years and then they come back anyway. <laughs> yeah. It is crazy. To go from, go from like people just picking these tiny things like a barcode or yeah. a tiny swallow to sitting all day with one person... Yeah. I'm just this girl from Raynham. Like, it's mental. No, but you're... You're really good at what you do. Yeah, but it's still crazy. But then everything's crazy, isn't it? I know, it? yeah, maybe. Crazy. I'm just like, I guess I never I never knew what I wanted to do or who I'd be. Or yeah. I, never, I don't... I'm not a daydreamer. I don't think that far... I just feel really... I have a really nice life and I'm really fortunate. But then it's like, it's the tattooing. If you think too much about it, it makes yeah. you crazy. Like, you can't think about how right. successful you are and the fact that you've got a fucking book out. <laughs> so, book. Yeah. Tell us about the book. Uh, it's hard. If I say I'm going to do something, I've always done it. So, yeah. the third lockdown, obviously, it didn't have an end date, did it? So, it no. was like... So the only thing I had been doing consistently was training with my friend, like boxing training and stuff. So I need, I just felt like 
well, years and years ago, I'd got asked to do sketchbooks, but a lot of tattooers will make a book, but all their drawings in this book are what they've tattooed on people. So I was like, I mean, I'm cutting my nose off to spite my face. You've already <laughs> made money out of it, and now you're putting it in a book to make more money out of it. Plus, you've done all these drawings for clients, and you're happy to just sell them to anyone else who can copy them. It's weird. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, you said you would do it, so it's got to be a book of original drawings. Also, I was like, well, what do I think my strengths are in tattooing that I could help people with? And I do, I do think, not the best by far, but my understanding of composition yeah. is better. So I just thought, oh, I'll do a book of sketches that will like demonstrate how you can make an image fit the body, how yeah. it would look when you move your arm and your elbow. So... I just would train one day and then the next day I'd do a drawing. And then the, and I was like, set myself fit as... Uh, I was like, right, you're going to do 50 drawings. And I did it. It took me a while, but... Yeah. And it got me through... I think I literally finished them a couple of weeks before the last lockdown ended. Yeah. And then I obviously wanted to put some writing in and it took a bit longer, but... Yeah. Yes. It's out. <laughs> and it's amazing. And it feels really nice and it looks really nice and... Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's... it's brilliant that you could do something because obviously you didn't work throughout no. lockdown did you so it's it's no. amazing that you've been able to still create something that you love and that is really nice if it, if it you have to take any take the opportunity that you like take something from anything that's given to you yes I could, yeah. I, and i think the problem is a lot of people in the first two lockdowns were really productive and it was the third one that a lot of people struggled with, and i just yeah. thought I, for some reason i was just seeing more focus to to do something i've always wanted to do do something that would be hopefully useful to tattooers but also something nice for people just to look at yeah even those that aren't into tattoos can look at a book of drawings and be like you know what there is some artistic what could maybe that's in the back of my mind a lot of people think tattooing's a hobby or it's not that artistic and you're like yeah no it really is hard work that's what my mum because my mum and dad haven't got any tattoos like they won't they've never asked me why I've done it or been like oh no you know and they my mum said to me the other day she said they're just pieces of art and I was like I know this is why I have them because yeah. they're beautiful and it has it's just completely changed but do you not think you're just good because you're more of a creative person anyway because you are as well yeah but I just well yeah maybe but I like I really like flowers and pretty things and the way it makes you feel about your own body yes and that's also what I wanted you to talk about yeah. is that it's the way so I've had my I've had my stomach done recently and my yeah. bum and my tops and my thighs and I did have my boobs done <laughs> because my my children my wonderful lovely children yeah. say that my boobs and my belly because I've got my belly button kind of goes down so it's like a little sad mouth oh. and they say that my, my sad, it's my sad face so my boobs and my belly and my sad face and, and so I've had some flowers um, tattooed on my boobs and they're like I've cheered it up because yeah. so, it looks like it's going to a festival so it's happy <laughs> but since I've had my boobs cheered up I do prefer the way they look and having my stomach done has completely, it's yeah. a fucking game. And I never even thought about it because yeah. I've not had, I didn't start having tattoos because I wanted to cover stuff up. I just, no. I had, I've always wanted one. I finally got one and then I got another one and then it's just, they're addictive. Well, I've, 
I, I don't even think it's addictive. I think it's transformative, and you don't know that it's yeah. that until you're in it. Yeah. And it's a slow process. Cause well, I it's, well, it's been... I started when I was 30, so it's been 13 years, and I never thought I'd have as many as I've got. Yeah. But I love them, and I can't... And now I've had my stomach done, I'm like... I actually look at my stomach now, and I'm like, that's a nice stomach. Yeah. And which is ridiculous, because my stomach's fine anyway. It doesn't make any sense why you view... Uh, but I was like, yeah. why do we view it differently, just because it's got yeah. a tattoo on it? Because it just looks prettier. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, but you say that you have a lot of women come to you. Do you have women that come to you with areas that they want to cover, or do they just want to have tattoos, and then afterwards they're like, oh my God, I feel better about myself now? It's weird, it's quite... It's hard because a lot of women that want the big work, you only realise how shy they are when you're near the end of end and you see how much they've changed. Really? Yeah, because it's hard because obviously everyone that comes in to get a large piece is a nervous. Yeah. So it's different anyway. They don't know what to expect. They're nervous, excited. They're about to go on what is going to be quite a financial and time journey <laughs> with me. So there's lots of things going on in the background, and then they've got to get naked, especially if it's a back piece. And then you're worried about someone looking at, you know, not looking at anything. Mm. And it's only when you're three or four sessions down where they don't care, got their pyjamas on, bum comes out easy, that you yeah. see, see... And it's hard to know whether, is that the tattoo, or was it just because they're now comfortable? Yeah. And it's all... But I would say most women definitely... They do end up loving themselves more, which is... Yeah. I only realise the older I've got how important that is. Yeah. Because they're not doing it for anyone else. Yep. It's just well, yeah. them. They're not... Like my tattoos, they won't... Well, my chest and my stomach, people, no one's going to see no. that unless I've got a bikini on. Yeah. It is just for me in the morning. But then in some ways I'm like, I want to wear shorts and a bikini top all the time because I want everyone <laughs> to see it. <laughs> Maybe next summer. <laughs> when we get it finished, we go. Yeah. It's, but, it's a hot... It's, it is weird, isn't it? Like, because you're... It's a very intimate thing, but it it does change you, and it changes yeah. the way you you interact, how you feel about yourself, and then yep. in turn that's how you act with people. Yeah, it gives you more confidence and more self assurance, and you're like, but it's just a draw. Yeah, just, you've just coloured yourself in. But to a lot of yeah. people, they think you've made yourself <laughs> look ugly, or you've yeah. disfigured yourself. Or why would you have done that? What you look like on your wedding day? What you look like when you get yeah. old? And you're like, you have no idea yeah. how much this is made yeah. me who I am and I love it like I can't imagine I can't mm. imagine myself without them now I just feel like that's part of who I am but also I still I find it a bit weird sometimes when people might look and you just think why are they looking they're like oh yeah I've, I've yeah. got a lot of tattoos because I'm just so well because they're not they're just tattoos but obviously yeah. there still is a stigma attached even though it's a lot more widespread now than it was when we were yeah like 20 you know well, anyone that's heavily tattooed was like seen as a bit rough around the edges yeah. or something wrong with you. But then again, I guess with the, it's hard because with the influx of, it used to be old men tattooing, then you had like the punk era, and then it's now gone to the art students. Yeah. Like, who do we think we are coming in and trying to make it yeah. like, like legit and... But that is now when people like, because people obviously talk to me about tattoos because I've got them, they're like, oh, I don't know what to get, I don't know what to get, or... And I'm like, you've got a. For me now, getting a tattoo is you know what you want, and you get someone that you like to draw it because yeah. there's you've got so many options for different styles and yeah. like back in the day, it was just like do you know someone who can tattoo. 
Yeah. You know, because it was just a standard. Work, all right, yeah, will it? Yeah, but it's yeah. completely different now. So the last I recommended, and obviously I, I could tell them about you, but it's like, but it depends what style you want, it's, you know, because it's hard. I still get asked in my my gym. A couple of them have found out I tattoo, and they want me to like fix up old school football badges. How do I tell them that's not what I do? Yeah, yeah. Or, or they're like, I want to get tattooed, and I'm like, but you haven't seen my, yeah. my work. Like, yeah. it might not be for you. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, I can tattoo, but if you want a black and grey angel, that's not. I'm yeah. not the person to do it. You won't get a good job. Yeah. It is. If, yeah, if you want a colourful animal, it's perfect. Yeah. But, <laughs> God, but then how, pick, how lucky am I that I get to pick... <laughs> You get to pick and choose Well, it's, it's changed, hasn't it? Because you're an artist, so yeah. you, and you have your style, so that's yeah. what you do. But that's, really, I mean, that's how it should be, because they are works of art. You yeah. want someone who is amazing at what they do, and you love that, to do it. You don't just want to get some random who can... No. Well, it's the investment, isn't it, from both of you, again. Like, yeah. back in the day, you'd walk in 20 minutes, is all you're going to be with someone, or an hour, a couple of hours at the most. But this yeah. is now, look, you're looking at 40 hours plus. Yeah. So you... Yeah, you do want someone who's going to be invested in your tattoo as much as you're investing in them yeah. to do it. And someone that you get on with. Like, yeah. I love coming yeah. to see you. Can we have a good old chat? Yeah. If, or Lars, who tattoos me, in the tattoo world, he's kind of like an enigma. But he has done consultation. You go to Berlin, he does a consultation with you. If he... And everyone's like, oh, he's just so... F he's this, that, never mind. No, if he doesn't get on with you from a consultation in the chat, he won't tattoo you. And he was like, he can't, he can't do that. I'm like, but he, if you're going to sit in a room for someone for 40 hours and you yeah. don't get on, why should you both put yourself... Yeah, yeah. Like, why would, I think it's genius. Yeah. Absolute genius. No, I don't blame him. And you get such an amazing... Pe like, he is all, like, he's one of a kind. What kind of styles does he do? It's kind of like, like, it's based on realism, it's thick lines. It's like traditional tattooing meets realism, I would say. Yeah. But again, he's like... He properly studied sculpture. Like we're talking, okay, hammer, chisel, yeah, you can yeah. do all of that. Um, wow! But he, even he, will draw something. If on the day he doesn't fit, he'll send you home and start again. He is next level. Yeah, like it has to be perfect. To the point, I just think he, he, it must be quite a lonely life because everything's for his client. Yeah. I don't think people realise how much he puts in for your tattoo. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing with you as well. It's like, if somebody emails you and say, I want a tattoo, it's not just the time that they're sitting there for you doing it, mm. it's the hours of drawing beforehand. Yeah. And you're a perfectionist. Like, yeah. I mean, I've spoken to you before and you're like, oh, I did the drawing, but I didn't like it, so I've had to start again. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's there's so much that goes into or it. Or even four months down the line on a back piece, I will print it up and I'll go draw over the top and make amendments to what I've already done because yeah. my brain changes the way bodies change the way you look yeah. at things you're like that could be better there and I, that's why I, I also don't like doing one session tattoos because I always find I like to come back to something yeah and just level it up a little bit more so why did you decide to go from the shop to your own space uh I was tired yeah of running a business I, I couldn't be hands-off enough yeah um so there was that element. There was the element obviously doing large scale work every day, which is quite exhausting. Yeah. But I, I can't imagine actually doing all your massive pieces and then actually having to run a shop at the same mm. time as well. And the people. Yeah. And like, you know, they're all artists. So. Yeah. And you, 
you have to bend if you want someone to earn you money or to work well there might be times you're doing their car insurance for them or booking yeah. a flight because you're like <laughs> if they're gonna have a day off because they can't cope with the stress i'd rather take an hour out of my day yeah and they still turn up look professional and tattoo See, this someone. is why you don't want kids because you've actually you already yeah, had it quite a lot <laughs> but then i also was paying a shit ton of money to have a sh- shop on a high street when high streets are dying and yeah, yeah. I knew without before covid I knew it was going to change yeah like pe- like people use the internet now they're not going to walk past and come in well also we'd create a reputation where everyone thought we were too busy anyway so they didn't come in or think we had yeah. any space and it was just like 10 the lease is up either you're going to sign another five years yeah or you're going to try something else I tried something else and it's worked out wonderfully. Yeah, so it's it? like probably the happiest I've ever been. Yeah. So you got basically got a little studio at the end of your garden. Yep. Separate access, separate kitchen, separate bathroom. Yeah. It's kind of ideal. And it's lovely. You've got parking. You're close to the train station. Yep. Even though you still want me to move, and I might move. <laughs> Even I definitely yeah. think you should move around here because you can still have parking and be close to the oh train no. station. It's on the underground. <laughs> but, but it's really good. So how many? How booked up are you? If people want to get booking with you, are you booked up till next year now, obviously? I'm booked up till next year, and I had all the new inquiries I told to contact me in now and November for, like, April, May next year. Yeah. Um, I'm not nowhere near like I used to. I used to book, like, years in advance, but I can't. Really? My brain can't. What happens if there's another code? <laughs> what, yeah. what happens if I want to take holiday? What happens if I'm sick? Like, yeah. you can't. So I... So, any, uh, how many clients have you got on the go at the moment, then? No idea. No idea. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Because some haven't come back, some some will come back, some have to take longer yeah. breaks, some have got pregnant. Uh, it's got to be 50. Wow. Which doesn't seem like that. Well, no, it does, because it's, yeah, it's all more around. than one visit, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That's why I'm really fortunate, because, like, realistically, I can open, say I was, like, publicly open my books. So, I, let's say I do four days a week. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have to take that many people on, would you? Because you, you, you've said if it's a back piece, that's at least six sessions. Yeah. So that's six, twelve, eighteen, that's 24 sessions they need. But, you know, take on, I can't even take on ten new people a year, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good problem to have, though, isn't it? It's a good it? problem to have. It's nice still being relevant and that yeah. people still... Because there's such a good amount of tattooers in this country. Yes. And yeah. I can't keep up with them all. They're all brilliant. And they all come in at this... And make, that's, the uh, client I had the other day, she's been getting tattooed by someone who's been tattooing three years. Wow. It knocks me out of the park. His work's amazing. And I'm like, that's not fair. What's <laughs> all this shit stuff? But the fact that people still find me... Because I'm not so in. I don't want to be making TikTok videos. I'm, I don't want to be keep. I don't want to join that to be yeah. still relevant. What do people do in TikTok videos that are tattooists? It'll start off with like a stencil and then oh, zoom okay. into yeah, yeah, that yeah. and it'll have some cool music with it and it looks really good. You need someone to do all that shit. You're not yeah, going to do that to... yourself. You, no. you have to have someone to do all that. Yeah. Which seems crazy, but that's the world we live in. But people don't. You've put your stuff up on Instagram yeah it just doesn't get seen that much anymore but then oh, really? but the, no but then I'm also like it's a free platform yeah so can we moan have about you ever it? paid never yeah 
Never, never. Don't hashtag either. I'll make my own life difficult. Don't hashtag either. <laughs> Don't do anything. Reels. When I do a oh. reel, they get seen by thousands of people and it will literally just be me talking. It's not anything exciting. Oh, I tried one and one got seen by loads and then every other one I did didn't. But then it was, I just uploaded a video as a reel, which wasn't making an actual I don't understand. Like when you, you can probably edit. do when you do your stories do them as reels instead right because you can still then share them as stories oh. just to get the, if you care about getting the views no you no. don't care no. <laughs> no. but it is it's all it's really hard because social media can be amazing yeah but it is also a complete bastard yeah but it's like you say if you're not paying for it you can't really moan no, can we you can't it's free advertising yeah but it is yeah. annoying that I've got friends that are content creators and it's like one day their post will do amazing the next day no one sees anything and it's like you don't know why well, so the, the, a photo of my laser removal from my chest the before and after 25,000 views as soon as I posted anything about the book 800 so also because you're selling something they're like yeah. nope yeah yeah because it's about I know someone said that in Facebook if you post a link or in the in the in the text if you write anything about visit this site or certain oh, words just, it doesn't get yeah. seen but if you put that in the comments below um, it's fine it's so yeah but that's why you need someone you can yeah. pay someone who knows about that if you care yeah. i think that's probably the way forward because i'm yeah. just like there's too much information i don't want to pay why would you want to jump through hoops yeah and exactly. also if you know you've got a good product someone will see it anyway yeah i'm not not desperate for and it's word of mouth as yeah. well i think with yeah tattooing thank you so much for talking right. to me about I've it talked endlessly <laughs> <laughs> this is podcast that's yeah right. thanks for letting me do my first one. Oh, is it your first one yeah of course I've never done and I'll post links so your book so you've done because the first lot sold out in pre-order didn't they uh, no they made 50 everyone's like why did you make 50 I made 50 in case there was anything I didn't like yeah. instead of being stuck with excess books so I'm like oh yeah so I made 50 they sold out in two hours yeah then I've pre-ordered another 18 I've sold 57 yeah yeah so but I'll, I'll post links to everything yeah. yeah what's the book called 87 days because that's how days. many days it took to do the drawings Aww. yeah quite like it by Rebecca Marsh yeah I know what's the thing when you used to travel for tattooing and you weren't allowed to if they googled me Nothing come would come up because my surname didn't exist, and oh, now I'm like, of course, yeah, well done, yeah. But then, do you because obviously, of course, you go abroad, don't you? You guess you've guessed there's no abroad, there's, but... no, there's no visa, there's nothing that exists for us to work, yeah. We have to at all, nothing. I have to travel illegally, I have to post all my stuff. It's the most stressful thing ever. Why, why not? No idea. No, there's no short term week visa, there's nothing. I don't even know how I'd. I'd pay it. I'd go every time and pay it. I don't know. That's so weird. Yeah. I wonder why. There must be something for bands. But I don't no, know how. No, there is for... There's, yeah, and because you can get DJs short term, and stuff. Yeah, music. And oh. there's... I'm sure with most jobs that there's something. But it's weird that there's nothing for... That's right. I've never been... What about piercing? No idea. That's really... I, I, I just assumed that it was just too much ag or too expensive so people didn't bother. As far as I know, nothing exists. Wow. But obviously with COVID, do you see that kind of well, calming down a bit anyway? 
I haven't been able to travel for... I don't know what it's going to be like when I travel. Yeah. Well, because, of um, course, because all different countries are going to have different restrictions, aren't they, anyway? Yeah. yeah, I don't know if they're going to be more worried about what vaccines you've got whether or whether you're here to work or not anymore. Yeah, that's true. Know. I mean, it's bad enough. Loads of my clients haven't... My international clients haven't even been able to get back to get yeah. tattooed. I've got yeah. my first German girl next week because she's not been able to get here for two years. Wow. Because there was, be there was so no point coming. She's got one session left on a back piece. What, why come and quarantine? She would have had to quarantine for like yeah, 10 days. Yeah, of course, yeah. Just couldn't do it. Wow. Oh, that would be nice. I bet she yeah. can't wait. Can't wait to see her. Oh. Yeah, thank you. All right, well, thank you very much. And yeah, I'll post links to everything. And Thank you. Yeah, I'll see when I'll see you soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I know where Thanks. you live as well. <laughs> enjoyed that today if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out it's actually my little daughter Juno's eighth birthday so happy birthday Juno not that you'll listen to this <laughs> um and my eldest daughter Lola has been away all week on her first school residential trip into Wales so that's been a bit weird because obviously as a single parent I'm used to not seeing my kids for a little while because when they go with their father for the night or a couple of days but um this is the first time that Lola and Juno have been away from each other for any amount of time and Juno's really missed Lola bless her um so yeah that was an experience but I hope you enjoyed the podcast please check out my other episodes check out the epic mum chat on youtube subscribe share the podcast as well because it's good to sharing's caring um, and if you have any guest recommendations then please get in touch or if you have any subjects that you'd like um, me and Nikki to discuss on the epic mum chat then please get in touch or just if you want to get in touch get in touch because I like a chat it's mental health awareness week or last week and um, it's important to talk I had where um, I've got some gynecological issues and I woke up in pain um, last week and had a little breakdown because I wasn't sure whether I was going to end up in hospital or whether I was going to be fine in a few hours and um, it's just quite traumatic when you're a single parent because obviously you need to worry about your kids and I wasn't sure whether I'd be at home when they got home from school and that it, it just really upset me but I spoke to my friend and it made me feel much better um, because it's just nice to have support so I'm a big fan of talking so if you ever want to talk then I'm always around to listen not that I've Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. But sometimes it's just nice to be heard, isn't Work. it? But anyway, big love to you all. Stay safe and sane. I Work. hope you don't get this bloody cold. And um, I'll see you Work. next week. Bye. Bye.